This episode of the Gentleman's Golf Law Podcast is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash gentsgolflaw to help produce the show. You are listening to the Gentleman's Golf Law Podcast. Listener beware. Rise and shine, the liquor store is open. I ain't got time for moping. I best be on my way Well, I still got time to save my reputation. afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Gentleman's Cough Law Podcast, the podcast for the rebel and the renaissance man. I'm your host, Jordan Crowder. Co-hosting with me, as per usual, is the Don, Donovan Fowler. How you doing? I'm good, man. Yeah. Feeling good. Happy for the July weekend. I can see you have a new Evan Williams in the background. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, I do. <laughs> green we, label. The green label. Um, later on on the show, we're going to have Jason McCarthy, of uh, nice. founder of GoRuck. Um, we're going to talk to him about his new podcast and uh, maybe possibly an exclusive about a new book he's working on, maybe. Uh, maybe exclusive. Maybe. Maybe exclusive. Um, <laughs> and we're starting. What are we starting this month, uh, Donovan, on 4th of uh, July? We're going to get into Junk Beer July, Uh-oh. which... Uh, Junk beer July, you know, it, it, it just, the J's, the J's. junk in July, junk in June. So yeah. we'll stick with that. But, uh, but yeah, man, we, uh, we kind of hit it hard with the, we, we did the hard stuff last time around Yeah, and now we're, we're moving into a little bit of, you know, our mm. softer side. Let's it's, just put it that yeah. way, our sensitive side. And it's July, right? So things are getting a little hotter. Things are heating up. Maybe, maybe you want something a little lighter, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what are we doing today, Donovan? It. Uh, we're going to do in honor of America and also go ruck. We're going to be doing a little bit of uh Budweiser or, or Budweiser original. I've got it over here in our Kanga <laughs> you got cooler. All the Budweiser in that Kanga cooler. Dude, that Kanga cooler is so badass. Isn't I love it. Cool? It. You guys should check yeah. them out. Kanga cooler. Go to our, our father's day gift guide and grab one. Um, I've got my Budweiser. And you know nice. what I've also got? Oh, no. Where'd it go? Oh, here it is. I've got my Gentleman's Cough Law koozie, which are giving away one this month. So I'm going to put that in there so it'll keep it cool throughout the episode. Oh, yeah. Keep it nice I, and cool. I went to the liquor store and I had the choice between um, the the tall cans or like the little tiny cans. I don't oh, yeah. know why they do. Well, they also had bottles. Like the mini Cokes you give to kids because you don't want them to <laughs> well, get all sugared remember up. Remember we went on that one Memorial Day ruck and they had those little mini ones that are like basically, I mean. The glass like, bottles or? No, they're like mini uh, cans. Mm. They're like tiny little cans. Uh, but like, yeah, like the mini cola or mini uh, soda cans. But um, it's kind of a weird deal because you're just like. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. do I really want my beer in the fun size? But, uh, but all anyways, beer is uh, fun size. It, it, it exactly. It's yeah. That's that's the that's a great way to put it. Let's put that on a t-shirt, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyways, I, you know, I, being an American uh, male, I went with a uh, the tall can. I just you know opted I, for go big or go home. I just got say. whatever they had at Ralph's that would fit in the Kanga cooler. So. <laughs> that was uh, you know, twelve pack of I, regulars, dude. That looks like that, but that's like the original. So that's that's <laughs> solid. You know, you, you'll you'll have a nice time with that. But yeah, so as most people uh, may be aware, Budweiser is sort of the unofficial beer of Goruck. 
yeah. uh, due to, I think just Jason McCarthy, who we are going to have on, uh, liking it. It's like his favorite. So, so we yeah. thought we'd honor him and, uh, the good old U.S. of A. With. And, and you know what? I didn't realize how much. We'll, let, we'll go in tasting it right now. Um, but I didn't realize how, how much I actually liked Budweiser until I had it with, at a GORUCK event a few years ago. Yeah, there's that one story of that woman who like, uh, do you remember Like somebody told this story about how like that woman was doing a go ruck for the first time and they were like climbing up a hill or something. It was yeah. super hot. And uh, one of the guys who we were rucking with, I think on the Memorial Day ruck, said he yeah. had like a couple of Budweiser's in his backpack yeah. and he pulled out one and it was warm and he po- popped it open. She said, what is that? And he said, it's a warm Budweiser. You want one? She was like, sure. So he throws her one and she just downs this warm, you know, Budweiser and just stops and says, that's the best damn beer I've ever had. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So it's, uh, it's true. A go ruck will make the Budweiser. It, it adds a, yeah. a nice, uh, well, let's let's crack them open here. It's a company, yeah. Here we go. Let's get into it. I'm gonna. Oh, you're, gonna pour you're getting it fancy with it. Here I am with my little foam koozie, and you've got your tall boy pour, and your fancy pour it pint into my glass. glass. I, I, you know what? I had it out of the can the other day, and I just felt like, I mean, you know, it just, I just didn't taste the. I was having a hard time getting the notes, so. <laughs> We'll see. We'll oh. see what the glass versus the can does. All right. All right. Let's uh, give it a little sniff. <laughs> Some sound effects for you. <laughs> Smells good. <laughs> Smells like beer. Oh, I got some. Smells like beer. <laughs> Smells like beer. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is to my history teacher. I'm going to raise this one to my history teacher, Dr. Uh, Dr. Gobin, who was a Vietnam vet and a great teacher. And his favorite beer was Budweiser. I remember that was like the first time I ever heard about Budweiser was some talking. I'll raise it to a different person. Uh, my, my, uh, uncle Raymond in, uh, Quebec, uh, Raymond. is a Quebecer through and through never drank <laughs> Labatt or, or Molson always had Budweiser in his fridge. All right. We ought to do that more often. We ought to raise some toasts at the beginning of this. See, it's yep. it's it's really smooth, smooth. and sweet is yep. what I get from it, right? Smooth and sweet. It's definitely like uh I don't know. I mean, I get I definitely get the the malty kind of taste. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's not super hoppy. I mean, you know, some people get on the whole American lager thing. They they say, Oh, the American lager, it's not that great. Um I mean, for one, we, we, we were a little behind the curve because of prohibition. So, you know, all these <laughs> other true. places had, had a bit of a jump start. But either way, I'd say we did pretty damn well for ourselves, given the fact that, uh, yeah, Budweiser's, it's a classic. Yeah, it's for what- sure. I, I will say I, I like it out of the bottle. Mm-hmm. as opposed to the can like you know like i like we were saying if i if i do a go ruck i'm i'm all for t- drinking out of can but most of the time they you just get that crisp the crispness out of the bottle for some yeah. reason some some beers are like that like guinness i think also tastes a little bit better out of the bottle yeah um but you know whatever this is just so portable though in the can and the classic red can. Oh hell yeah! Um, but yeah, and you can I, crush it afterwards like a man. I hate Bud Light, but I've always liked the regular Budweiser or okay, some of their so, special editions that they do too. 
Have you seen the Bud Light seltzer, like the hard seltzer? Yeah, unfortunately, everybody's jumping on the hard seltzer train, man. It's very discouraging. I mean, I'm not going to say I haven't had a hard seltzer or two in my life, but uh, I feel like you look like someone who's had a few hard seltzers. Shut the shut the fuck (laughs) up. Um, (laughs) I, I, you know, I, I feel like it's it's. I feel like it's gotten away with uh, it's got it's gotten a little out of control. Let's just let's just put it that way. I went into the liquor store the other day and I looked around and I was like, eh, this is a little concerning. It's like every brand has one now, and I feel like it's probably super easy to make and probably probably oh, yeah. low cost to make. <laughs> I mean, the irony is is that you can basically make it at home. You can just crack open a Lacroix and uh, pour in, you know, whatever you it's know, true. pick your poison, but. Anyways, I feel like, though, uh, that a lot of them use like cheap uh, vodka in there because it just has that kind of it has that taste of like something that's like cheap yeah. vodka in there. Whenever oh, yeah. I have it. I'd rather just have something that was like <laughs> gin or vodka that was good and then pour my favorite seltzer in there. They're probably buying up all that surplus Tito's handmade <laughs> vodka. When people Flip found flop. out it wasn't really handmade, they were like, okay, we'll just put this in the seltzer. Um, it wasn't handmade? So, Is that a Well, a true there was thing? a controversy, I think, maybe like a year or so ago, maybe a little over a year ago. But I remember there was a controversy where like there was some technicalities that, that may have gotten in the way of it actually falling into the handmade category. I knew the rep for uh, for Tito's for years because I, you know, originally lived in Austin and she was on our web series uh, with Zach on that, on the wingman. Um, she well, was no, no shade on her. I mean, I'm, I'm sure she's, I'm sure she's a fine lady. I just, uh, <laughs> I just heard, yeah, you know, and who knows with all this stuff, sometimes yeah. people are finicky with that. So, okay. So now looking forward to junk yeah. uh, beer July, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about the list? Well, actually, first of all, how many cans out of five would you give Budweiser? Uh, out of, so out of the junk beer, I would say, I know what my favorite junk beer is and that would be a five, but I would say this is a close second. So I'd say a four. Okay. I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Just because just, I, I, I will say my favorite junk beer is simpler times. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. So, you know, and, and I feel like. Uh, yeah. Anyways, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into the finer, you know, the finer beers as time goes on, but Hey, it's July, you know, this is the time for this time for drinking. So, uh, we'll focus on the junk beer, but what are some that you think, uh, we should have on the list? I will. We should also ask our listeners if you're on YouTube, leave yeah. us a comment. Um, if you're on our Instagram, uh, tell us, tell us what you want us to review, what your favorite junk beer is. And we'll, we'll take that into consideration. Um, we've already done simpler times. Um, but maybe I feel like simpler times is a really cheap one. I feel like Paps yep. is a really cheap one. Paps. But, yeah. That's a good point. But wiser, which we've done. Um, what about Miller high life? Yeah. I've never had Miller high life. I've never had it either. So yeah. that would be a really good one to do. Yeah. Let's do that one then for sure. It's pretty cheap too. I saw it in the liquor store the other day. It's like, Three ninety nine. It may have even been two ninety nine. I was pretty shocked. Is that the champagne of beers? That is the champagne of beers. So we have the king of beers today. So we need to have a champagne of beers. Once, uh, once we do that one, I have a funny story where one of my bosses had a funny story about being pulled over by a cop and having uh, 
a certain, oh, no. uh, you know, drink in the back seat that uh, <laughs> that led to a champagne of beers joke. Oh, but no. I will save it for uh, for the future. For the Miller for the Miller High Life episode. Speaking of Fourth uh, of July, Donovan, <laughs> what do you got planned with during COVID July? COVID Fourth of July. <laughs> COVID July. Well, um, you know, I'm probably going to be doing some rucking. Like, you know, I'll probably probably do like you know, get my miles in, uh, yeah. wearing something patriotic. And then I know the family will probably like do, I don't know. My dad's probably going to barbecue. Yeah. And by barbecue, I mean, actually barbecue, like do like smoke some brisket really? and, cold pork and all that good stuff. You know, I've been ribs. smoking brisket at home for, to make like street tacos. I've been making brisket tacos, oh, That's cool. but I don't, yeah. I don't have a smoker. I just do it in a crock pot for like eight hours. It's pretty good you though. You can't say that you smoked it unless you actually. I didn't say I smoked it. Did I, I say I smoked you it? Said you smoked it. I, I said I've been making brisket. Brisket. We're about to lose Texas and Kansas viewers. No! Kansas City viewers. No, but um, yeah, probably do that. And then you know, every year I watch The Patriot uh, oh, with uh, Mel Gibson. Pretty solid movie. Obviously not like. 100% historically accurate but puts, me, <laughs> puts me in the mood, you know? You ever see that video on YouTube that's like all the historical inaccuracies in the Patriot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get in line, every movie. But uh, but I will say, the the funny thing about the Patriot is I feel like you could probably drink it. You could probably uh, make a pretty good drinking game out of watching the Patriot. Like yeah. every time it switches to slow motion, like you take a drink and you'd be pretty wasted by the yeah. end of that movie. <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of slow motion in that movie, but it's good. I, I like it. I feel like we haven't had a good Revolutionary War movie in a while. Uh, John Adams was a good miniseries. That was good, but that still was that. over 10 years ago. Yeah, it was over 10 years ago. I mean, people, I feel like the market isn't really in the mood for it. You know, it's like try to get away with making a Civil War or a uh, – uh, a revolutionary war. I just don't. Oh, wait, there was that one show on AMC called turn that I followed for like two seasons. And then it really pissed me off. Cause speaking of like playing hard and fast with history, yeah. they were like, I, they, they took some liberties with <laughs> no pun intended. They took some liberties <laughs> with George Washington. Yeah. And, uh, I was just a little pissed off at that point. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like a freaking soap opera. You mean but he never, right. you mean he did tell a lie? I can neither confirm nor deny whether that's the case. Um, but, uh, but no, the Patriot was definitely, I, I think you could say is like the best, uh, rev- I mean, they, they really brought the saving private Ryan treatment to revolutionary yeah. war. One, so. one a thing I saw ads for at the movie theater, but I never actually watched, uh, was there was a show. I don't know if it was like showtime or something called sons of Liberty. And the guy from breaking bad played Ben Franklin on it. The guy that the, the DEA agent, played the played oh. the played Ben Franklin. Um, uh, I, I don't, don't know think, if it's any I good. Mean, but. Unless it got delayed, I don't think that ever really got any traction because I, I haven't even heard of that and well, I think was, I would have. It was they were promoing it at the like AMC like to <laughs> when, watch when, it. When were they promoing it? Like what? Like, like was this like a year or so ago? Maybe like four years ago, maybe. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, and then the History Channel usually tries to do something, you know, relatively. But, but yeah, man. I mean, um, man, there's some badass stories from the Revolutionary War that still haven't been told. I mean, yeah. you know, you got like all sorts of badassery going on back then. 
Yeah, I like it. Well, maybe we got to work on some, work on a script and get it going. Yeah, um, right. Leave us a comment. What what, <laughs> what's your favorite uh, Revolutionary War movie or book? Um, and let us know what you're doing Fourth of July if you have a tradition like that. We're obviously um, in LA, which there's not a lot happening. There's not there's usually not a lot happening for Fourth of July. Which when I first moved out here, I was always kind of pissed. I was like, why doesn't anybody celebrate out here? And if they yeah. do, it was always like kind of ironic, ironically celebrating. And I was like, oh, you guys. Um, a lot but, of fireworks, though. Yeah, fireworks, illegal fireworks, yeah. which are great. Yeah, because like I, I just don't know where they got, get all this these fireworks. I've looked for fireworks for a long time. I think they go to Orange County for it. But I was Maybe. on a rooftop um, with a friend of ours um, a few years ago, and it was just like you could look around the city on a, like yeah. a 360 view and just fireworks going off everywhere, which is yeah. kind of cool. It's you know it's going to be crazy this even crazier this year too with yeah. like all the. I just feel like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be way crazier this year, probably yeah. with the fireworks. But who knows? Who knows? Um, hopefully, nothing too sinister involved with homemade a homemade fireworks or anything like that. Homemade bombs. <laughs> I say bomb? go crazy. Just don't blow your hand off, you know. Or I, anybody um, else's. I never. Do you ever hold Roman candles in your hand? Uh, okay. So actually I did, uh, back in the day when I was in high school, I made a civil war movie in high school. Um, that was like kind of a, it, I mean, it, it was at first I was trying to make it serious and then I realized how bad the production value was and everything. So we just made it into like this ridiculous parody of war movies in general. Yeah. And, um, it consisted of a lot of us shooting fireworks at each other, mainly like sticking bottle rockets in, uh, those toy muskets and lighting yeah. them and shooting them off and stuff so we did have one instance where we did hold roman candles and we were shooting them at each other like you know cannons or whatever at um, each other yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. how is that <laughs> all right well it wasn't <laughs> but we we made it work we the camera did the work for us on that one but um but yeah i i was always very like uh up until that point, though, my parents were always adamant. They would tell me horror stories about, you know, uh, kids who, you know, um, set off like a mortar, you know, mortar firework or like one of those parachute fireworks. Yeah. And like it didn't go off. So they go over and they look at it and it goes off in their yeah. eye. And, uh, you know, all, yeah, all I, I can was, say is eye patches are sexy. So <laughs> I was always terrified to handle them like to hold them in my hands, even though mm -hmm. I knew people that did. So like, uh, we used to always just get a, a bucket filled with sand and we'd stick it in there or several in there and aim them out oh, and light smart. them all. And just, we would uh, light them off. Actually, Johnny boy, uh, rest in peace. Um, he, uh, <laughs> full disclosure. He is not, he's not dead. Yeah. He's just missing. Okay. We, he's missing. We used he's different. We used to him. My brother and I used to, uh, uh, kind of create our own fireworks show at a, at a, we used to have like a, uh, a cottage, a summer cottage we'd share with our cousins up North. And, um, and so we would go down to the local shop and, uh, buy a bunch of fireworks. Like, and, and then we'd kind of like plan the show and then we, like all of our family would sit 
like on the beach and we'd go off onto the dock and then like set them up and light them off like nice. in sequence. And it was like our mini fireworks show. And we were in Canada at the time. So it'd be like our fourth, sometimes it'd be our fourth of July and we'd just do that. And like people would come out of their, of their cabins and stuff on the lake and like watch on the dock. It was kind of a fun little, uh, little time back then. Um, That's simpler awesome. times. Not yeah, the beer, yeah. The but. first, the first, uh, the first time I ever came out to California, actually, um, the first Fourth of July I spent out here, I got to see a pretty freaking awesome fireworks show off of coast of Malibu. They had uh, Danny DeVito had like <laughs> bought like a barge. He had like rented a barge oh, no. and put it out off the coast of Malibu, and they were just shooting massive fireworks off of it. But yeah, fireworks over the water are always so much more fun. Yeah, they just they they you you get that you get that mirroring action and all that cool stuff. Sometimes we would go down to Vermont when we lived in Montreal. We'd go to Burlington, Vermont, and watch them on the water at the dock there, which was always a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let us know what your traditions are. We hope that you have a great Fourth of July weekend. And I'm getting that's the thing with Budweiser. I'm getting the Budweiser burps. They're coming up. I definitely, I, I definitely had that the other day, and, uh, <laughs> especially with the tall can. I feel like I have to press the mute button. All, like, a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back with Jason McCarthy of Goruck. Gentlemen, 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 and scofflaws. I just wanted to take a second to tell you about the relaunch of our Gentleman Scofflaw online store. If you're a listener and you want to help support the show, this is a great way to start. Now, we're offering premium apparel at an even better price than before, and we have styles for both you gentlemen and the ladies Scofflaw listeners out there. Right now, we've launched our classic series that has the infamous Gentleman Scofflaw insignia you know and love on a premium tee, hoodie, or jumper. We also have a boyfriend tee and slouchy jumpers for the ladies Scofflaws that, you know, want something a little more stylish. And to celebrate this launch, through the month of July, we're offering 20% off your order. If you're watching on YouTube, you can click the banner below. Otherwise, go to GentlemanScofflaw.com and click the shop link and then use the code JULY20 at checkout for 20% off. That's just a little way of saying thank you for saying thank you. And now, back to the show. All right, Donovan, I'm excited to have uh, this guest, a returning guest. We're having a lot of returning guests this year, which is fun. Um, Founder... Of Go Ruck, Jason McCarthy. Thank you for coming on, man. Nice to see you guys. Yeah, good to see you too. I, I like your your setup there. You're looking. Uh, <laughs> you sound really yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, five minutes ago, I was you know dashing through the rainstorm to get home, and where are the kids, and you know all all this type of stuff. So life's good, man. Yeah, we've been doing. I mean, it's, awesome. it's so fun to 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 do interviews right now during this time where everyone's doing it from home. It's like everybody's got you know their home setup, which is fun <laughs> to see. You, you know, real life feels more divorced from everyone's perfect on life personas than ever. And I think yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. It's like, so there's cool. such yeah. an acceptance of it. Yeah. Oh wait, th- this is actually kind of some real stuff. I mean, just is, is the video recorded here too, or, or is it just audio? Yeah, we're doing video, but it, uh, I okay, can... cool. Awesome. <laughs> like this is, that's Emily's side of the, the, the closet right there. Right. I've, I'm staring at, you know, some of my, uh, like, uh, hats and there's actually 
a little compartment with uh, nine mil mags right there, and awesome. you know the shorts that I sleep in, Ranger <laughs> panties. I got them in my closet. It's it's awesome. I, I love this. Will sound better than in the in the room next to where my kids are probably beating each other's asses. So I'm like, all right, cool. Anything for the listeners. I was <laughs> going to say, I love how Jordan's opening statement was, well, you sound great. Yeah. I like we, when we launched the video, we just launched video like in March, right when this happened, we're like, we couldn't have launched at a better time. Cause now no one's going to be critical of our videos right now. We're just keep it going. It's perfect, man. What'd yeah. you do? Launch a virus so that your video would be exactly. better received. I mean, that that's pretty selfish. That was, it, sure, that's the whole thing. It didn't come from a wet market. It came right from, from the Gentleman's Scofflaw Podcast. Um, yeah. yeah um, well, I mean, I'd love to talk about what you've been working on over the, since we've talked last, which was like two years ago, I think. Um, first of all, you started a, a great podcast. I'd love to talk a little bit about that and kind of what made you want to start it and what it's about. Right. So the podcast is called Glorious Professionals. There's three of us that that host it. There's me, and then there's Rich, and then there's Emily. And it usually ends up being that I'm with one of the other of the two on, on whatever. And that's just life stuff more yeah. than anything. But Rich's background is, you know, he was in special operations for 30 years, um, you know, Army Special Forces, so the Green Berets, and then did a lot of stuff past that, including, you know, founding member of Delta Force and wow. and just did a lot of like Rich is a national treasure and he's yeah. a huge mentor of mine. And I could give you like all the titles and all the bullet points and all the stuff that he was a part of, but it almost cheapens it. You just yeah. get to know Rich a little bit and yeah. he's made himself more accessible just by <laughs> virtue of the podcast. And yeah. and that's it's been fun because it, like I said, there's a lot of like he's a mentor of mine. He's kind of spent a career in the shadows, but he views it as a way to give back, to continue to serve and it is to sort of lend his mentorship or his perspective to whatever, whatever the, the situation might be. And so yeah, it's, it's fun. We usually do most of the military episodes with Rich. And then M is, you know, her background besides my wife is, uh, you know, she was in the the CIA as a case officer for for a little bit, so she's got a, kind of a different perspective on stuff. And you know, we grew up together as well, so there's a lot of there's a lot of history in both places that come from in in some ways different places. But it's just we try to have people on that are it's about the relentless pursuit of excellence. So people who are experts in their fields, and then it's just conversational like this, and we ask them about their service and why they want to serve something greater than themselves and and then how they do it. Because what you'll find is that there's a lot of similarities in how people who are doing great, interesting stuff are, are, are doing it. Yeah. You just have to sort of connect those dots. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I really enjoy the podcast and I, I, I think it's just such an important thing. This, like this time in history, the idea of like, learning how to serve and where you can serve, whether like you, you, with your military background or whether it's in your community or whatever, whatever that is, that's, that's super yeah, so important. We're huge right on now. that. Like our, our background, my background is, you know, nine 11 happened. I wanted to go to war. Yeah. So I joined the army, but, but it took nine 11 for me to get to that point. Mm -hmm. And the, the sort of knowledge 
that we want to share in Rich's case, it's a lot of wisdom. Maybe I'll get there someday. Right. Is that it it takes all kinds, takes all kinds of service. Like, you know, if you, if you know how you, you find good neighbors or what it's like to be a good, like you just be a good neighbor. Like there's ways to serve your community. There's ways to, there's ways to serve that are teachers. My sister is a school teacher in DC, not an easy job. There's, there's all, there's all layers of it. So it's, it's not as simple as, Oh, you should go serve in the military. It's a great calling, but like you said, there's a million different ways to do it. Yeah. It was one thing that I've learned just from you and just kind of the go ruck background over the last couple of years. Cause I, I hadn't heard of it until Donovan started doing the training for the go ruck challenges. It was just this idea of the, um, the quote that's like on t-shirts and everything you guys have that it's not about you i've actually got it <laughs> i've got my patchboard over here on my desk i actually have it as a little <laughs> as a little yeah. uh, there's a little reminder <laughs> that's like the the mixtape uh <laughs> yeah the mixtape <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah i mean that's one thing that i feel that it, it's lost now to a certain extent nowadays and like it's so easy in a day of like social media where everything is you know the kind of selfie culture it's all on me it's like self-absorption leads yeah. to self-pity and self-pity will get you nowhere mm-hmm. that's good <laughs> that's really good we just end the podcast now <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's just a fact right yeah. if you, yeah. you you walk around and you feel sorry for yourself yeah. i mean first off stress is contagious Negative vibes are contagious. Yeah. Like it, it, they become their own self-fulfilling prophecy. Start feeling sorry for yourself. You start drooping your whole body, right? You start mm-hmm. to sort of like, and then all of a sudden people don't want to be around you because you're negative and yeah. you're not performing well. So you're, you're just, you're creating everything that you don't want to create, but that your attitude is creating. Yeah. And so, and, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here as someone who's just perfect all the time. It's just, it takes what, what you have to do is recognize things sooner. And you yeah. say, look, I, I shouldn't be feeling sorry for myself right now. I mean, you know, hashtag first world problems. <laughs> like that's actually a real thing. It's not just some poster in an office bathroom somewhere, yeah. right? Like almost all of the problems that we face are first world problems and save your energy for when they're not. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I think that this whole, this whole pandemic over the last few months, it's like, it's kind of, it's brought everybody down to an even playing field, at least for a little while, where it's like, it doesn't matter, like, for to a certain extent, like, what my socioeconomic status is or where I am, what kind of job I have. We're all kind of, like, affected by it. And for a little while, at least it seemed like, well, how can we get, the, kind of like 9-11 in a way, how can we get through this together? What, what can we do to be better citizens? Um, is there anything that, that you would speak to that or anything that you could, that you feel like you've learned in the past couple of months? It, it does feel a little bit like 9-11, right after 9-11, that is. And yet, it, somehow it feels also kind of different because yeah. 9-11, you could, you know, senators could, could go on the, the congressmen could go on the steps of the Capitol and sing God Bless America and right. stuff. Yeah. And now it's sort of like... The, the odd part is that the society that we live in has stressed the virtues of privacy. And I don't mean someone gets on their, their, their bullpit and says, oh, we've got to all be private. I just mean 
in actions, right? Mm. Everything you do can be so private now. Everyone yeah. can live privately. You can order private food. Everything is individually wrapped. Yeah. And here we are. And what we're finding is, is that taken to an extreme, that's not a great situation. So we're given the benefit of seeing this at, at the axiom, right? Okay, everyone's everyone's gets to be perfectly private all the time now. Just call Uber Eats to deliver your food or or whatever. You never have to interact with anybody except on a screen. And yeah. it's like we're getting a mirror. And I don't say this with judgment. I say this with, hey, let's let's understand what we're going through, yeah. right? And maybe that causes us to change a little bit more, right? Yeah. Maybe it's one of those things where we say, you know what? I'm so grateful to have this time in the real world with my friends. Mm-hmm. Let me reprioritize that in life. My friends or my kids or my loved ones. Let me reprioritize that in the world. And wouldn't that be great if that's what came out of this? Because a lot of great service came out of 9-11. Yeah. A lot of great service. And, and that will impact us for generations. And the question becomes, how do we how do we kind of take back a narrative or how do we empower people now so that the positive endures out of this for generations and not so much the negatives? Yeah, I get that. Sure. It's it's like what you said is kind of like it, the the, pro, the problem of this kind of um, privacy, this ultra private or ultra customized life that you get to live nowadays is a first world problem in a way. It's like it makes it, it, it's not something that everybody has access to. And in a way, it makes it easy for you to forget that you're part of a bigger whole, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so except flip it on its, flip it on its tail, right? Yeah. The first world problem usually implies that it's not a real problem. It's not a Maslow's hierarchy of needs problem. Yeah. But in fact, the converse is true. This is actually... The, the problem is the, the base level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, this yeah. need, this, this just need for community and fulfillment, happiness, yeah. which isn't the same as shelter and, and stuff like that. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a rung or two up. But, but when you start to say, this is actually a really, really big problem. This is not just, you know, I've got too many t-shirts and I don't know which one to wear to get the most Instagram likes. <laughs> we're, we're not there but because that's a true first world problem. Yeah. This is, this is a really kind of, I don't know. I don't know the right descriptor. It's not existential because we're not going to die right right, of this, but we're going to be really unhappy if we try to, to view our lives as I can live on a screen forever without other people. How's that working out for us now? Yeah. Well, you can feel it too. I mean, you, you can really feel it in like, you know, the way that people are, I feel like interacting and I can even feel it over the last three months. At first I was like, oh, great work from home. This is nice, you know, but after a while it becomes super demoralizing and, you know, you start to feel yourself like slip away, which is why, I mean, you know, for example, like go ruck has been a great sort of uh, gut check for me. Because like today I was feeling like, uh, to be honest, I was feeling pretty shitty when I woke up this morning. I was like, ah, you know, drank a hundred beers last night. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Over. You you can see the the aftermath here, (laughs) but, uh, the, you know, overslept, you know, uh, Oh, already like things are starting to kind of slip away. And then it was like, okay, well get outside, get some sunlight, take a friend and, uh, you know, make the most of your situation and, you know, just kind of start like uh, left foot, right foot. And, uh, I, I do feel like that's, that's kind of the, the, 
benefit of podcasts like yours and also the program that you've built with GoRuck is that it does it, it gives people a, a toolbox and a resource to sort of uh, to, to maintain during stuff like this. And people really do need that. Yeah, definitely. One thing that, uh, too, is I've seen I've been seeing all the workouts and stuff that uh, you and Emily have been posting on on Instagram. There was one that was that went that went a little nuts that was like your whole family in costumes <laughs> listening to music, all working out together in the garage. Um it was yeah, like Emily's pretty awesome. <laughs> that was such an awesome thing. Hash that's like that's a hashtag like family goals kind of thing. Um <laughs> but, but um that's one thing is like at least in the last couple of years while I got into GORUCK, the idea of training outside and being able to to do it in a group and as a community has been huge for me and just being able to uh, to to grow so much in in that way in terms of my health and lifestyle um how how has GORUCK as a company been able to like over the 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 pandemic how have they been able to to, to survive like how has that worked for you guys are you have you have you seen an uptick in people wanting to work out at home or has it been a, a hard thing like how's how's that affecting you guys yeah so it it requires adaptation for sure and i don't know anybody that's completely unaffected but just to break it down really simply i mean there are there are kind of three parts to our business if you break it at its at its core level there's events yeah. there's travel gear and there's training gear yeah. and there's some bleed over, yeah. especially on the gear front. And there's apparel and footwear and they kind of fit into categories. And we make stuff that's, we build stuff that's so adaptable. It can do everything, but, but I, I, I'm not living in fantasy land. Right. <laughs> right. Like people, people, they buy something for more or less, uh, a certain type of thing. Like, am I going to go travel? Am I going to use this every day? Or am I going to go do a challenge? Or am I going to train or rock or, or whatever? And so, Events have been flatlined, yeah. like we've, they're, they're, they're done. Right. Yeah. And, you know, they've cost us money this year at this point, um, travel gear, including GR one, GR two, GR three, like our traditional, just best sellers. I mean, anchoring the company of sorts have just been mothballing. So mm-hmm. by the time this comes out, Christmas in July, our, our sale starts tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, July, July 1st. And it's a very bizarre Christmas in July for us because the stuff that's on there is, I never would have guessed that it would be on there six months ago. And the reason why is because there's just the, the demand curves are new. And yeah. the third pillar of that is training gear and training gear is up somewhere between 300 and 400%. Right. Wow. So if, if you sort of look at sandbags and ruck plates and ruckers and the basics that you need in order to work out where you are, go outside, add an additional challenge of weight. And you can do this anywhere. I mean, since th- they've yet to ban walking, which means they've yet to ban rucking anywhere. <laughs> and right. if you only have so much time and, and isn't this kind of a life lesson, you can squeeze more out of it. Yeah. And so if you're going to go to the store and it's a mile away, I mean, that would have been unthinkable for some people six months ago that they would want to ruck to the store. Yeah. And now it's like, I got to get out of the house. I got to go do something. I, I want to add something more to it. And yeah. I, that's what I've done. Right. Yeah. So, so overall go ruck has done fine. I mean, we're, we're up a little bit in terms of 
revenue, but the business is really messy right now. Yeah. And by messy, I mean, it's just, it's like, we've got way too much inventory here. This stuff we can't order fast enough. Like that's, that's messy. Yeah. Yeah. That could, and, but, but also still fortunate. Like, again, this is not a woe is me. I'm just kind of trying to, to peel back the, the curtain just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I figured there'd be some, yeah, some sort of shift in, in what you were, what you were selling. Cause it's like, nobody's traveling. <laughs> At least most people aren't. And then the event part, which is such a huge community builder. Um, and I actually had an event scheduled for this weekend that we were like, because of California stuff, we're not going to be able to do it because the laws are, are a little, they're different from state to state, but I mean, how are, how are you, how are the events adapting? Are you, are you still continuing <coughs> to do events throughout this or are you, are most of them being pushed until the end of the year or? Yeah. So we, you know, we still have some events on, on the calendar. I mean, I think the bigger part of events is for us, events is not just about events. It's about the people in the Mm -hmm. community. So if you take it up and you say, okay, well, what's the overall goal? Like, yes, we would love to run a thousand events like we did last year. It's just not going to happen. So what's the overall goal? And the overall goal is just to build and strengthen community, empower people, given the realities that we have in order to get out, do a little bit more and be a little tighter as a community. Because when you look at the world and you say, man, there's so much division and man, there's so much, everything's just burning down to the ground. I mean, that that's what you see if that's what you want to see. And there is a fair amount of that going on. And so nobody's helpless. You're not helpless. You're not helpless. I'm not helpless. And we say, well, what can we do? Well, we can go out and get small groups of us to go out and train together, talk to each other. You can invite different friends. Different people end up being more available, accessible than ever. Everyone's home, man. Yeah. Everyone's home. Go go knock on your neighbor's door. Be a good neighbor by being a good neighbor. Yeah. Right? You know, fences yeah. might make good neighbors, but so does being a good neighbor, right? Yeah. Knock on the door. Hey, want to go do this thing? We're going. I mean, bake them a pie. I don't care. Right? <laughs> Figure out new ways to be good. Bring them neighbors. a six-pack. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but and stay six feet apart and all that stuff and wear a mask. I mean, take yeah. it, take it seriously. And and yet it's it, like the bigger goal is just to continue to build and strengthen the, the the ties that keep our community strong. And so I would say that 10 years later, you know, GORUCK has has is weathering the storm as it currently exists right now. Because we've always focused on the community, we've said we, we're in the business, quote, quote, of building a community of which we're proud members. Yeah. And so now adversity comes and you just pull tighter together. You don't if, if you're if you're a business and you're selling commodities and there's there, there's no reason why someone shouldn't leave you yeah. for price or for whatever, there's always going to be another business, but there's not always another place where all your friends like to hang out. That That's a real community. And so this is a storm that we're weathering together and we're, we're, are all actually in it together for real, which yeah. is, which has been in some ways, the silver lining happens every day. Yeah. That's really that's great. Great attitude. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, the, the community aspect of go rock is really it's like it's like being part of a club like it's so it's so fun to go to events and meet new people and then people talking about the events that they've done together or swapping old stories and stuff it's 
and then do actually doing stuff that that's meaningful too in the community um and a lot of the time a lot of your materials you say you're building better americans um speaking fourth of july you're speaking of fourth of july building better americans i feel like that that's really true because one one of the things that i've found is how much i've learned about history and stuff through goruck through the events that you do um and just like the requirements of like uh, we donovan and i did an operation red wings one where we had to pick somebody and learn about them and be able to talk about them during the event and forcing me to proactively learn um parts of history and, and getting really involved in it like last summer i did a vietnam event and watched the whole ken burns series on vietnam and just learn so much i know and it's so like it was so heartbreaking too like it was just a like and it's redeemed in the end but in, in i didn't didn't realize how much was going on back then i mean i wasn't born then so it was just a i always heard it kind of as a footnote like in history of vietnam war you know was was kind of a bad thing and uh, all right let's move on from it I never learned in the depth until i had to do that event and I had to do that i chose to do that event but i wanted to learn about it. so it's it's really cool what you guys are doing cuz it it that is building better americans we need to know more about our history and and our background that's so important amen yeah um one thing um that you are working on right now is your new book um, titled How Not to Start a Backpack Company. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I haven't really talked about this at all yet. So it's it's in the very, very advanced stages and we just decided to self-publish because it's... That world is messy, yeah. right? There's a lot of ways there's a lot of gatekeepers in a lot of places and they tell you what you can and can't do. And, or, or it's like, I, I love you, but just change a little bit, you know? (laughs) And sometimes that's, that's good. Right. If you're a slob and someone says, Hey, tidy up a little bit like that, that's welcome criticism. But, but that industry was a difficult one to crack into and I tried for a while and it just, there was never a good fit. And so we decided, like, this is a story we're telling. Let's just get it out there. So what is it? Okay, so in the summer of 2010, after GR1 and I guess GR2 and and the Echo were real things, but it was really mostly just GR1. So I was in the middle of, of two years of business school, and I thought that a good way to build a brand would be to drive to all 48 states in my truck. Right. And I thought, man, I'll go to retail shops and kind of maybe I'll, I'll blog about America blogging and Facebook was I think I set up a Facebook account, not too far. Like I I was not a Facebook (laughs) guy really at the time. Right. There was no real reason to be. And it, it wasn't even a tool. It was just kind of, oh, okay. My buddy in Germany has Facebook. I guess I'll get Facebook and look at a picture every once in a while. Who cares? Right. It was yeah. not the Facebook that you think of now. Yeah. And, and so like, I'll just go around cause face to face is better. And I'll go around and, and meet with these small shops and talk about go rock. And then they'll, they'll pretty much definitely want to carry our gear. Right. And I thought, get more stores, get more press, more awareness, more press, like all, it all just leads up. Right. Well, so 
a lot of things happened. I brought some friends along. It ended up the only two survivors of the trip were Java and me, my dog, <laughs> right? Um, everybody else abandoned ship for, for various reasons. Me being a big part of them. You know, I'm going through a divorce at the time, which is not a good time to start a company. I had no money. I like literally had bled through all the money, which is not a great way to start a company. And and yet there was a lot of beauty that came out of that summer just in meeting people and getting into adventures. And so the way that the actual book came about was I kept a journal, which I had completely forgotten about. Like, it's just one of those, I don't know how you forget about a journal that's, yeah. that's like that, but I kept a journal and, and, uh, Emily was looking for, it's like all the ironies are, are coming out, but Emily, who I was going through a divorce with at the time officially, and, and then now we're back together and have a bunch of kids running around, right? So there's, there's, this is not the full story, but she was going through looking for a different picture of Java for our Christmas card this past year and came across the journal and read it like one night, stayed up and read the whole thing. And woke up in the morning and, and, uh, it's like, Hey, you know, this should be a book, right? Wow. It's, it's engaging in its own way. And I'm like, okay, I kind of like, Emily's always been a muse for me. No. So like, I, I really thought I'm like, Oh man, I don't know. But then I sat down and read it. I'm like, okay, it needs a little bit of context, but look, the journal is not all about go rock and stitching and manufacturing. It's like all the places that we went to, we went to some, you know, we went to some other manufacturing places. We went to toured out West. There was massive internal fights. There was emails between me and Emily as we're finalizing our divorce, which are also in there, right? <laughs> There's, you know, uh, eventually the reasons why everyone else left the trip. There's money problems. There's, um, emotional problems. There's, there's kind of physical problems insofar as, you know, like money for hotels was expensive. So we slept in campsites. Like, it, you, you know, Holiday Inn Express has free uh, Wi-Fi. That's, that was a, a useful thing. And if you roll into a campgrounds late enough, you won't have to pay to sleep there. You just sort of roll your <laughs> yeah. car in, throw your bag on the ground, wake up and wake up in the morning and walk around, maybe let, let, let Java take a piss or whatever, <laughs> and then get in your truck and leave. You won't have to pay anything, right? Yeah. It was kind of that kind of a summer and it was just really raw. And so there's a lot of glory thrown out there about entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship is great. There's lots of different ways to be an entrepreneur and this is only my journey, but it was it was everything kind of not to do without me giving you one, two, three, this don't do it like this. Like you're just going to no. experience it. Cause it was, it was a really difficult and challenging summer and ultimately things have worked out, but it's in spite of that summer or in some ways because of it, because you go through adversity and you learn what you can go through. And, and yet because of that summer, you know, some, some stuff came out of it. But overall, none of the business plans that were that were in there survived at all. So we had to adapt quickly. Wow, that's so cool, man! I, it's funny. One of my favorite books is a journal like that. It's uh, it's called uh, uh, Rebel Without a Crew. It's Robert Rodriguez. He's a filmmaker, and he did his whole yeah the he, Desperado and yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. he yeah, did. He, this, Robert Rodriguez yeah. is legit. Like yeah. works with Tarantino. Yeah, he did the uh, the other one. What's the 
Dust oh, Bowl. yeah. They did, uh, like, Death Proof. Oh, Grindhouse. Grindhouse. Mariachi. Yeah. Mariachi. Yeah. Mariachi. Well, yeah, this is about his journey yeah. doing El Mariachi while he was in film school and then going to Mexico for a summer and then, like, all the stuff. And then through the film festival process, he kept his whole journal throughout the whole process and, like, didn't publish it till like, I don't know, it was probably like 10 years later, kind of like what you're doing. Right. So you're like huh. the uh, Rob Rodriguez of backpack companies. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll read the book and then I'll, I'll offer one man's judgment. Yeah, but, yeah like that's really cool. I'm going to, I will definitely check that out because yeah. look, it just sort of happened. And, and, yeah. and look, we have, we have other tales. Like we're really kind of focused more on, on media and communication of, of the stories that we have around us. So this is kind of meant to be, step one right it's a prequel of sorts this is not the comprehensive story it's not that it's it's a really raw really raw look at the at the early days and and part of it is if i can just level with you know just the three of us on yeah. here uh, right yeah. is, it's like i i, I, I want to set history straight for the people who work at goruck and will continue to work at goruck and who will come on to goruck yeah just now till forever, because, you know, as a company grows and ages, the people that come on don't know what the, the history of the roots were like. Mm -hmm. And you start to think that this stuff just magically appeared out of thin air. Like, oh, it must have been easy back then. Yeah. Because the human brain isn't processed to sit and say, oh, I can, I can exactly picture how hard this was. That's just not how we're programmed. Yeah. And, and so this is, no, no, no. Let me let me explicitly show you what this was like so that there's no misconceptions about what we had to go through to get to where we are. And that's not meant to deter people from from chasing their dreams. It's meant to inspire people to chase yeah. their dreams, just to say this is hard and it's worth it. Yeah. And anything that's easy in life you're not going to get out of it what you think you're going to get out of. Yeah. And if and if you do all of a sudden lightning strikes and you win the lottery, I mean, it's not going to last. Yeah. Like the things that you have to do or you have to keep chasing hard things because, because they're hard, because it's worthwhile to go after bigger goals. And, to, and what you learn in that process is what prepares you for what comes later in life. And yeah. so there's a little bit of, hey, we needed a starting point. I, I got sick of dealing with, you know, people in waterfall sounding offices in New York city about why I should be different. Like, <laughs> I, I don't really like that narrative yeah. all that much. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to hear about how I can be a better person from people that I love. Right. Like yeah. Emily tells me all the time, right? Like you don't got to change your stripes, just take the trash out or whatever the <laughs> case might case might be, you know, yeah. like that's, that's the old North face comic book, I think. But, <laughs> but the point is, is it's like, Sometimes you just got to start somewhere and you got to, you got to do it. You got to, you got to make your own luck on stuff. So yeah. other stuff that we have down the, in, in the pipeline are, you know, working on a, a book with, with Rich on his, his service in Vietnam. So his two tours and what America was like back then. So not oh. just the war stories in Vietnam, but what was it like to live in America in the late sixties, early seventies, when you went to war in, in the most decorated an elite unit in the Vietnam War, MACD SOG, right? Wow. And then there's another another book we're working on, which is Rucking, like the Rucking book. Like, let's just yeah. give the reasons why Rucking is what it is. It's a foundation of special forces training and how you can do it. 
And then a, a third one is more on the, the leadership front and community building side and working with Emily and Rich on that one. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun stuff, you know, there's a lot of fun stuff that frankly, this year has inspired to just say, you know what, we're, we're just going to do this. Yeah. We're, we're just we're done waiting. The time is now let's go. That's so awesome. I'm looking forward to to seeing all of these books when they <laughs> when they come out. Uh, I that's one of my favorite things to do is, um, well, like and to, I just talked about Robert Rodriguez, but like as a filmmaker, my favorite thing to do is watch filmmakers' first movies and to like to read about their pro uh, their process of going through and doing that. That that kind of thing is just so inspiring for me uh, to learn from somebody else's mistakes to know that oh they were they're they were, they screwed up just like I do. So so it's okay. there's hope for me. <laughs> I found that people are a lot more similar than different like that. It's yeah. just everyone everyone we all get in our own heads and we yeah. think that everyone else has it better, easier, different. Take yeah. your pick and there there are certainly peaks and valleys in life. And if, if you just, if, if, if all you do is look out on the horizon and the horizon only shows you, shows you when people are on their peaks, yeah, then you start to feel inferior. Don't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's kind of like, just accept that some years, some days, some months are a little bit different. You got to fight through them and then celebrate the times when you're on the high ground. But you, you got to enjoy what you're doing no matter what and, and, and keep to your true North and things have a way of working out over time. Yeah. That's awesome. I, you've inspired me to start my own Instagram account where it'll just be all the low points in my life. It'll, like, instead of like the, the make, make us all feel better. Instead that of would like, probably do really well. Yeah. You know, just nobody sees me on my laptop on the toilet, you know, responding to emails God. as opposed to what you know, my hiking picture. I mean, if, if every day you did one post, it said, this is horrible. My life is ending. Here's why yeah. that would be, that would be interesting. I mean, it'd have to be a satire for me to actually be super interested in (laughs) it. But I mean, if it weren't, I mean, but you know, it's like when you're driving on the interstate and everyone's rubbernecking at the, at the accident. Right. I mean, I, I get it. I get it. But at the same time, it's like, man, it's, it's okay to just keep going. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody expects their narrative to sort of play out like, you know, like Jordan said, like a movie. And it's like, when, you know, life isn't like that. It's like you have sagas, you have, you know, stages and chapters and everything. And I mean, what you're describing, that's the kind of thing it's like, people want to hear. I mean, that's the, that's the kind of story people want to hear because it is, uh, it's, it's really, uh, inspiring to, to hear that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to the Mac V SOG, uh, story. Cause I've been, uh, listening to a lot of podcasts about those guys and those stories, those Vietnam stories are amazing. And, uh, I mean, obviously also the flip side of, you know, what it's like on the home front, but I, I, I didn't realize that the Mac V SOG guys Basically, any stereotype of like a special forces soldier in like the 80s or, you know, whatever were those guys. I mean, you know, if it was like if you saw something kind of incredulous in a movie, sometimes it was real. Like sometimes these guys were just doing. It probably actually happened. I mean, like, like, you know, Rich and I were both in the special forces regiment, which is it's kind of like 
you know, a coin carrying member. And, and yet his version of warfare, and, and this is only related to Mac V. Sog. He had, he had a, a, a significant career, but just relative to, to that, it's not, it's not playing the same sport that I played. It's, it's like not, they're, they're not even remotely equal. And, no. you know, Vietnam was just a, I mean, neither is, you know, storm in the beaches of Normandy. This is just different. It's, it's a lot different than what it is now. And yeah. what those guys did in those jungles was, it, it's just crazy. I mean, missions could last five, 15 minutes if, if, they were, if the bad guys were waiting for you to 15 days. And you can never talk above a whisper. You barely talk. Yeah. Sometimes you're moving a kilometer in an hour, sometimes less. I mean, you're moving so slowly all the time. I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of not supposed to get into contact, uh, firefights, gunfights, right? You're, you're supposed to be out reconning the Ho Chi Minh trail and stuff like that. But the psychological toll is, is a lot as well. And then, you know, the, the North Vietnamese developed teams specifically to go after the recon right. teams, which the these were recon teams in, in Mac V. Sog. So, you know, it's just. It got to where, in, in Rich's case, he was he wanted to get into the more kinetic firefight operations because the recon was taking its toll on on him mentally. Yeah. And like, think about that for a second, you know. So it just it's it's really kind of it, I, I think these things are important to to document, not because everybody's going to read them. But because enough people will, and, and those people carry the lessons forward, and, and that's how we don't forget our pasts and, you know, not only honor the guys who went, which is vital and important, but it's an important part of our fabric of our mm -hmm. nation. And, and so that part of it, I'm, I'm really proud to be working with him on. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, it's a story that needs to be, needs to be told and, and circulated. So good on you. That's awesome, man. Um, shift gears here for a little bit um it's fourth of july weekend i can imagine fourth of july weekend hence, hence <laughs> <Yeah>. the shirt <laughs> yeah there you go um it's pretty uh it might be get pretty uh you know rowdy over at the mccarthy's house what do you what do you guys do on on fourth of july <laughs> well usually we have you know lots of people and there's rucksacks and there's lots of miles and push-ups and stuff yeah. like that. Nice. You know, so we have, we have three kids and monster, our dog, and we will, uh, you know, it's kind of been like groundhog day of sorts. Yeah. Mm. We go to work a little bit here and there, like work at, at the office, Yeah, but it's just, you know, our kids are here. Babysitters are not coming, uh, as, as much their camps are, are closed. So there's just this kind of rotation for a while. I was going into work at 4 AM and coming back at noon or one, and then M would go to work and, and then she'd come back at nine or 10 at night. And then we do it all over again. Yeah. This is really in the early days of, of COVID. It was very uncertain. And there was a lot of adaptation and a lot of work that we had to do to get in, in front of that power curve. The 4th of July, you know, we will probably meet some of our friends outside at the beach and kids will probably run around if, if weather permitting, probably drink a few cold ones and be very grateful to live in the United States of America and celebrate our, our birthday. And we'll, we'll, we'll make the best of, of the situation that we have. 
Well, that's that's good to hear. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad you won't be sitting. You won't be quarantining inside all day. <laughs> no, look, we're we're fortunate. I mean, you know, Florida's Florida's uh, a free state in, in the news <laughs> a lot these days. And where I live has been in the news a lot. Oh, right. Yeah, I mean, just true, the yeah. Jacksonville Beach yeah. openings and all of this stuff. And, you know, probably that's a for a, a, a different discussion. But there, there's. I mean, the Mayo Clinic is also here, right? Yeah. Uh, like some of our best friends work at the Mayo Clinic. And, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of people here that are taking this very seriously. And there's some that, that aren't. Well, th- this is just like America, right? Yeah. And and so, you know, I mean, we're, we'll do our part to be respectful of, of the situation that we're in. and And yet the balance, because the balance is a hard thing to strike, right? But yeah. the balance is that it's also, there's some risks to someone just isolating themselves to infinity and staying in their place forever. I mean, you can't do everything perfectly like right. all the time, but that's yeah. not an excuse to do everything, like, to just, you know, sneeze right. all over town <laughs> or cough all over town, you know? Yeah. So it, it's like a balance in a world where there's not a lot of room right now in a, in a super ugly election year on top of everything else for for there to be any kind of real conversation. So the opportunity for all of us is it pushes the responsibility onto all of us to kind of correct those that are in our circles. If, if, if we so choose, you know, or you just live the life that you think others should be leading and, and, you know, like do your best and, I mean, look, the power is yours. You, You can choose to relinquish that. But I would I would recommend that we just focus more on ourselves and less on how everyone else is all jacked up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's some good advice. Um, let's let's uh, that's a good note to end on, Jason. Uh, if people want to find you, where can they go? Well, we're at goruck.com on pretty much all the platforms, and yeah, I mean I'm personally on some of the stuff as well. It's Jason J McCarthy on Instagram and. Facebook. I mean, all, all the normal stuff. GoRuck.com is probably, uh, probably a solid place, though. People should also check out the uh, interview that you did with uh, Jocko Willink. It was an awesome uh, overview of the whole entire, you know, company. Yeah, Jocko, Jocko and Echo are, they're pros and they're, it's not an accident that they are where they are, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm really happy for them and, and proud of their success. I mean, Jocko came from the special operations community, the SEALs, and has has made a really great career and has a lot of great messages to to share and he's very consistent in those and they're timeless and so you should follow Jocko as well because he's <laughs> that's that's a solid dude and I got to spend a few hours with him and and then you know got to shoot the breeze with him a little bit a- after we were done and he's just a he's just a really good guy by all estimates that I had so. I, I was fortunate to be on his show and that was like a three and a half hour interview from start to finish about a lot of stuff. And I was happy to share that story. So check it out if that's <laughs> that, that thing, kind of thing interests you. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you so much for doing this, man. And uh, we'll have you got to have you back on as these books come out and talk about them in yeah. more depth. And as great. the uh, events start, start up again, God willing in the near future. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. The, um, the book. So, Mechanically speaking, it's in two weeks. I'm supposed to get the almost final. I've got like a few I's and T's that are 
you know, you review it like 10 times, yeah. but it's, if it looks good, then we'll probably do a pre-order, some signed copies, maybe patch or something. And then 30 days later, they'll be out and, and shipping out broadly. So like it, I think it's going to go, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a pretty raw look. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I feel I like good it. about it. Emily feels good about it. The, the team of people who have read it feel good about it. The, the most interesting response I got back from someone was they're like, it took me a couple days to get back to you because I had to, I had to sort of think about what exactly this was. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a ton of pictures in it as well oh, to awesome. kind of drive the narrative and, and some like handwritten notes and stuff. And so I'm like, cool, let's break the mold, change it up a little bit and see, see what happens. Right. You only live once. Yeah, that's awesome. Man. Absolutely. Are you going to do the audio book too? And you read it? I hope so. Yeah, I thought about it. I haven't, I haven't not done it yet. It's been uh, kind of a, a push. I would say, yeah, this year. Yeah. I mean, probably won't do it at launch, but you will yeah. probably tear it out. Yeah, it you know, comes out later. I got to find a really quiet place to do it though. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I've heard those things are really hard. A buddy read his, he's friends with the, Chris Voss, who's wrote a great oh, yeah. book called Never Split the Difference. Oh, yeah. And then a guy that that works with and for him, and Derek Gaunt wrote a negotiation book as well. And when I was talking with Chris, he's like, yeah, Derek read his book, did the audio version, and it took him four days. <laughs> and he thought it was going to be simple. Four days later, he yeah. was finally done. So I'm like, okay, that that is... <laughs> That is awesome expectation management. I want to make sure that I do this right. So my my yeah. favorite, I think, audio book was uh, the David Goggins one because he doesn't read it, but he has his partner read it, and then they do like these little kind of interviews in between chapters. You could tell you're just like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to read that. You do it, <laughs> and I'll be there for the recording. So you could do something like that if you want to. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and I, I think I'll read it, but okay. uh, y'll I'll get Emily to read her parts. Maybe yeah. add some bonus. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. bonus. Stuff. That'd be awesome. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. Well, good chat, and thanks yeah. a million. Have a yeah, man. And, and, and uh. Yeah, keep up the good work. It's good to good to see you. Maybe we'll run into you at a Star Course again sometime. Yeah, that'd be fun, man. And you, you guys have a great Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, happy Fourth. Likewise, July. happy birthday, yeah. America. This part of the show is brought to you by Phoenix Shaving, makers of the most excellent aftershaves, shaving soaps, and all things traditional man. One of my favorite products of theirs are their aftershaves. Phoenix Shaving intentionally blurs the lines between traditional aftershave and classic cologne. Each batch of aftershave cologne is created by using traditional perfuming methods, giving the wearer a high dose of quality skin food matched by the staying power of berry white. Now, I tell you, this stuff is amazing. It'll it'll make your skin feel great after a shave, and the alum and menthol just removes all irritation and razor bumps. Um, they have classic barber scents and even more creative soap and aftershave fragrances. Like, my favorite is the Tombstone scent. It smells like leather, tobacco, and gunpowder. Pretty unique. So ditch those vials of chemicals you buy at the drugstore every month and grab some artisan soap and aftershaves from Phoenix Shaving. Go to GentlemanScofflaw.com slash shave to help support the show and get some fantastic manly grooming products. Phoenix Shaving. Shaving outside the box. All right. Always a great guest, uh, Jason McCarthy. Um, 
Yeah, he's awesome. I don't know if I told you this, but I ran. He mentioned it, but we ran into each other, like literally crossed paths on the Star Course. We were going, yeah, I remember the that. opposite way, and he was coming the other, and we crossed in the middle, and then finished, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, That's awesome. If you're interested in finding out more about GoRuck, you can go to um, gentlemanscofflaw.com slash GoRuck, um, and uh, there you could, I don't think there are any events you could sign up for now, um, but anything you buy through that link helps support the show, um, and they've got the Christmas in July sale going on right now. Well, and I'll tell you this much, it also helps support yourself, because, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I will say this much, like that uh, that bag I bought like four years ago, yeah, and I've beat the hell out of that bag. I've I've taken it all over the place, taken it all over the world, uh, and used it to go into the office and used it to go into the ocean, you know, during yeah. events and stuff. And um, it's it's like the best investment I've ever made because basically it's like now, like especially under quarantine, it's like, uh, you know, like I said, it's like I just ruck, yeah. and that's how I stay relatively fit. At least you know it's a nice easy going workout. And, uh, yeah, I'd highly just recommend take up the go ruck lifestyle as soon as possible because it's, uh, it's a good investment. One thing that I've noticed is, um, doing the go ruck stuff, how much stronger in terms of like my core and just practical strength I've had. Like, um, so like we did that, the biggest one you and I have done, was that operation red wings two July's ago, or was it two June's ago, uh, two years ago, basically. And was it two years ago? Yeah, 2018. Oh, yeah, it was two years ago. Damn, that's yeah, crazy. That I was know. two years ago. But that Feels was like that was a rough one, though. That was like you got your money's worth, but we were more prepared for it that <laughs> time, I think, um, than, than we were. I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think because it's like the, the freaking uh, St. Paddy's Day one in San Diego, We it was raining all the time. Yeah. But I think that I liked actually that, though. may have. I, I like think that may have uh, helped us out because I think they I, th- I don't think they uh, ran us as hard. So I do think you're right. The Operation Red Wings appropriately, because if you've ever seen the movie Lone Survivor, yeah. what the what, you know, those guys went through was hell. Yeah. So I think that was what added a little bit of extra to that one in particular. Yeah. But yeah, that was pretty tough. But yeah, I just noticed training for that. And then after having done that event that 4th of July, two years ago, our friend Zach Anner came to a party, um, we were at and, um, he, he had, said, Jordan, you're so buff. <laughs> no, that's what he said. He, he looked at me longingly and said, yeah. Jordan. <laughs> um, but no, what happened was we were at our friends in studio city and they were in the Hills up there in studio city. Yeah. And to go di- like there was no ramp for him on his wheelchair to go from the driveway to where the party was happening. I've been and, to this house. I can concur. Yeah, it was about concur. like like yeah. maybe like it'd probably be like four flights of stairs if you were to yeah. calculate it all out on a hill. So I, after doing that event and training with the sandbags and the go ruck and stuff, like I knew that I was going to have to carry him down, and I was like I felt confident in doing it, and I carried him up. I carried him down to the party and then at the end of the night after everything was done up the back of the stairs and it was tough, but I was able to do it. I wouldn't have been able to do that before. He's like 120 pounds, which is a lot yeah. to, you know, for, to, to carry up and down stairs. Yeah. <laughs> but, That's the one thing that I just, you know, 
if whenever I'm feeling confident at bars after a go ruck challenge, I just say, Hey, like, I just look at the, the nearest girl and I'm like, I, I think I could bench press you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and then you immediately get uh, tagged with a me too. Um, yeah. And, uh, and a, usually a Budweiser in my face. Or something <laughs> like that. But, hey, it's free drinks. Um, I want to plug a couple of things here. If you want to support the show, we got a brand new Gentleman's Scofflaw merchandise shop. Uh, better items, better quality, better prices on there right now. Um, we've got the what we're calling the Classic Gent Series, which is just our traditional infamous uh, Scofflaw logo on some uh, premium tees. Then we've got the Vintage Bully tee, which is a monochromatic uh, white skull on black background. It's kind of got an aged vintage look that uh, I think every I think every gentleman or Scofflaw, every Scofflaw needs a t-shirt, a black t-shirt with a skull on it, right? Sure. Whether you're uh, in a motorcycle gang, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever you're in a motorcycle gang or in a punk band or just a bully in an 80s teen movie, you need uh, a vintage scofflaw shirt. Goonies never say die. Also, with the uh, impending uh, second lockdown happening for some of the lesser, some oh. of the less free states in uh, in the nation right now, we've got some uh, gentlemen oh, yeah. scofflaw masks, which are pretty cool. They actually yep. have the scofflaw skull uh, jaw with the mustache and the pipe hanging out of the mouth. So it looks like you're the bottom half of your face is a skeleton smoking a pipe <laughs> I'm so cool. and also you know fun fact it also doubles for Dias de los Muertos and uh, Halloween so yeah there you, go. you know <laughs> yeah most likely <laughs> we're all gonna be doing this until then anyway yeah. so just get your get your mask shopping in early yeah so go to gentlemanscoffla.com click the shop link and if you also want to support the show you could become a patron for as little as a dollar a month and you basically help produce the show donovan you're a gentleman in a scofflaw my friend and you are a rebel and a renaissance man. Thank you, sir. And you guys have a great 4th of July weekend. This has been the Gentleman's Scofflaw Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Visit us on the interwebs at gentlemanscofflaw.com. Captain says his ass on the river. We ain't getting home if we don't break through. So damn cold, I can't help but shiver. Rise and shine, we got work to do. Hey!